Welcome to the Campbell Conversations. I'm Grant Reher. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke with County Executive Ryan McMahon, and we discussed the planned investment by Micron in a mega complex for microchip manufacturing in Clay, New York. Of course, other important leaders from the business community and government were also necessary for this to happen, and two of them are here with me today to continue our discussion. Rob Simpson is president and CEO of Center State CEO, and Al Sturpey is a New York State Assemblyman representing the 127th District, which includes Clay. Both have appeared on the program in the past. Assemblyman Sturpey, Rob, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to be here. It's good to have you both here. So, Rob, I'll I'll start with you, and just very basic question for openers is: uh, Tell me when you first heard or you know, seriously thought about the possibility that Micron might be persuadable to, to locate in this region. So we started a conversation with Micron, I think back in the summer of 2021. And at the time uh, we were working with their site selection consultant, Deloitte. Uh, it wasn't entirely clear who the company was, although uh, throughout the course of the day, I think most of us uh, figured out who this, uh, this codenamed project really was. Um, and over the course of the, the summer of 21, we had a series of progressively interesting conversations that led to a, um, a meeting down in Albany with our new governor, Governor Hochul, uh, I think in September of that, of that year. And uh, before the night before that, uh, that meeting with the governor, a number of us, uh, the county executive, myself, uh, met with uh, some leading executives from, uh, from Micron for dinner uh, that evening. And I remember driving home that night after a four or five hour dinner, great conversation. Um, I remember thinking to myself, we, we could land this deal. Um, mm-hmm. We could land it. And it was what, what really was driven home to me in that moment in that dinner was this strong alignment of values. What this company stands for, what they were looking to do, what they were looking to accomplish. These were all things that, that I knew, I think our team knew we could deliver here in New York State whether it was the financial incentives, uh, the community, the workforce, quality of life, the cost of housing, these things that were important to them um, were things that we knew we could deliver on. Uh, we still had a long road ahead of us, but it was, uh, that was the first moment, September of 21, where I said to myself, I think this is a real possibility. Wow. And Assemblyman Sturpey, when did this get on your radar? When did, when did they let you in on this? <laughs> um, you know, I had known for a while, even in 2020, that they were talking about something. I mean, they kept, I kept hearing about something happening out there. Actually, as far as the park goes, 2013, I think, was the first time I was really brought into it. I got a call. I was in Geneseo. I just brought my daughter to college, and it was in a parking lot somewhere, and I got a call from uh, Joni and Mary Beth Primo, and they were asking me about some funds that the state had dedicated to, I think, a, a train station or something down by the mall. Um, years ago, uh, it's Mr. Bragman and Mr. Rich, who owned a railroad company, were going to have something there. Well, anyway, they wanted to reappropriate whatever funds were there to the park, and mm-hmm. they wanted to make it more shovel-ready. So I, I had did an investigation with our Ways and Means people and found out that like 750,000 came from the assembly, but a million and a half came from Governor Pataki. So we got the 750, 
sent over to the park. I told them they had to call up Governor Cuomo and get him to reappropriate. I think they did that, but that's the first time involved with the park, really. As far as this goes, the first real call I got was January of 2021. The county exec called me because he'd heard that I was having um, a meeting with the homeowners on Burnett Road who were very opposed to selling their homes and creating this bigger uh, parcel for the, the campus. And, you know, he, he told me, you know, they really needed to do this. This is the biggest opportunity. Of course, at this point, I don't even think it was Micron. I think it was Intel or somebody else. Right. Yeah. But, um, but the bottom line was he really um, needed me to convince him. So, you know, we had this meeting. I have it with John Mannion who's been in office all of about three weeks or four weeks. And people were very angry and upset that um, somebody from the county, the county had hired, is going knocking on their doors, telling them they want to buy the property, and they're offering them basically what their tax valuations were. Wow. And if you don't sell it, we're going to invoke, uh, what do you call it? Uh, eminent domain. Eminent domain, yes. Yeah. So they were all really ticked off. And I told that to Ryan and he said, well, yeah, maybe he's being too aggressive. <laughs> I go, yeah, you might want to pull him back a little bit. But anyway, the meeting went on. I told him, I said, listen, you can't really stop the community from wanting to do this. This is too big of a deal. It changed central New York completely. I said, but don't be upset at these guys. I said, Go look around, find a place you could live. I said, go sit down at your kitchen table, put a number on a piece of paper. Next time the guy comes and knocks on your door, hand him the piece of paper, slam the door closed. I said, they need you more than, than you need them right now. So I think after that, most of the people started making deals. Um, and eventually I think all of one or two uh, you know, signed up and I don't know, they may have made a deal now too but it, it was you know it was a period of time where they they needed some help and and i think uh we helped them out at that point it, it's interesting to hear both of you and tell these stories because it just underlines how many different pieces of the puzzle are necessary from different sectors and communities uh to make something of this scale happen i want to stick with you assemblyman and i want to ask rob simpson different version of this question but i want to talk more specifically now about what was required really on paper on to, to make this possible and you know certain things micron needed at the federal level other things they needed at the state level other things they were looking for from the business community so let's talk about state the state level can you describe what the state needed to do uh to make this well, uh, attractive for Micron. Let me tell you, you know, Rob had said that he had this dinner with the governor in September of 2021. And within a few weeks of then, I was uh, hosting the speaker in my district and he wanted to do a couple of different things. And I was looking around for something to do. And I asked Rob, is there anything you want me to do with the speaker? And he said, well, you know, we've talked to the governor uh, we've talked to the majority leader. We know this is going to take legislation. Could you have them, you know, come up and we'll present this this possible program and everything? And I said, okay. So called up Heritage Hill, got a big room, 
you know, uh, county exec with his people were there. Empire State Development was there. Rob and his folks were there. Everybody was there giving this beautiful PowerPoint presentation of, you know, how big this was going to be, how many jobs and everything. And the speakers, I can see his eyes rolling up in his head a little bit. And he's going, guys, you don't really have to sell me on New York State. He says, I wanted to be in New York State too. And I said, I said, what I think the speaker's trying to say is, what are you going to do to help us get it through our majority conference where people aren't really inclined to give rich multinational corporations billions of dollars? What is it you're going to do? And I saw everybody all of a sudden go, oh, it's this community benefit package thing that we're, we're working on. And, and that became a really key thing for us. The other stuff um, from our perspective, from the state, obviously were the jobs and the investment, but it was also uh, one other thing to get some of the more liberal members of the conference to go along was the sustainability piece of it. Trying to get, you know, um, you know, clean energy being used and making sure uh, wastewater and all that was processed properly. I mean, they're talking about all new ways of doing it, uh, you know, before you put it back uh, in, in the water system, et cetera. Mm. So those were the things I think that were, were most important. And the fact, you know, of course, having gone through lots of different problems with work or with uh, some of these agreements with companies it was not giving them anything until they actually produced all this stuff so yeah. they this, they have to produce x number of jobs they have to invest x number of dollars they have to build this thing and then they'll start getting these green credits i want to come back to potential pushback from the progressive um wing of your party uh assignment Sturpy, but so those are all the things that were necessary to get the state to come forward with the tax breaks and incentives that they were looking for. Um, Rob, uh, same similar question, but I'm curious from the business community, what was Micron, what, 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 did, what did Micron look for from the business community? What did the business community have to come forward with? And I, I, you know, you were, you were one of the leading spokespersons on this, of course, uh, to make them think this was a good place to do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think fundamentally there were there were really three things that were necessary. The companies, uh, I give them credit, they were transparent with us from the beginning about what they needed. Um, first and foremost, they needed a site that they could build on and they could accommodate the scale of investment that they made. And this is where I want to give the county executive a lot of credit. He did uh, put his neck out with those homeowners. He did take what was a you know, long considered a, a boondoggle of a property, uh, White Pine, and turn it into a site that could accommodate a project like this. Um, until he became county executive, it was a 300 acre site and people were talking about putting food processing plants on it. Uh, and so credit where credit's due. Second thing that the company really needed to be convinced of was that we could one, generate a workforce to support their growth. And two, that the community itself was a place that their employees would want to live. Yeah. And, you know, this just, you know, hearing that out of the mouths of the leading executives from Micron, uh, for me, was just such a such a wonderful um, tee up because that's what we've spent. I mean, for me professionally, that's what I spent the last 20 years of my life working on, right? Is putting this community back in a place where we could, uh, where we're ready for growth, where our downtown looks vibrant, where our arts and cultural institutions are functioning, um, where we have partnerships with our higher education institutions. 
Um, and so ultimately on those two fronts on workforce and, and you know, the sort of community's ability to grow and scale with Micron, I think we hit that out of the park. One of the, the uh, data points I'll share with your listeners uh, that I, I found remarkable as we were doing our research is that, that 6% of all the engineering graduates in the United States of America every year graduate within two hours of downtown Syracuse. Huh. So we have 17 colleges and universities that issue engineering degrees within two hours of here from Buffalo to Albany, up to Clarkson, down to Cornell, University of Binghamton. And collectively there's over 7,200 engineers that we graduate every year. You know, so what we presented to Micron in a meeting with the leading, you know, the presidents or the engineering deans for each of those schools in, in January of, of 22, um, we presented them uh, literally one of the most powerful renewable resources you could offer a high-tech company, which is a constant pipeline of engineering talent within a couple hours drive of, of where we sit. You know, and then the final piece of the equation as you were talking to the assemblyman about um, was incentives in multiple forms, the state incentives, but also the federal government. And we have to remember none of these investments happened if it weren't for Senator Schumer and the CHIPS Act and the, you know, the, the shift in U.S. policy to try to reshore this critical element of our national security supply chain. Yeah, I remember uh, Congressman Katko talking about that element of this uh, going back a ways and the, you know, what what was at stake in this. Uh, hey, you hey, listen, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> Assemblyman. It's really funny. Um, in order for this to actually happen, so many things outside of central New York had to happen. I mean, first of all, um, you know, we always had the power, the water, the waste. We always had that stuff. Now we got the size, but still, you needed a global pandemic that had multiple supply chain disruptions. And you had to have uh, relations with China basically going down the toilet. Then you had the war in Ukraine where Russia came in and invaded. And now people are talking about China going into Taiwan, which, you know, that's the biggest producer of semiconductors in the world and how that would change. I mean, so many things had to happen. It was quite remarkable. And, and Rob and I spoke, I think, every day uh, towards the end of session when we were crafting the uh, green chips bill in the state. And, you know, the first attempt was a, an agreement that basically was unlimited with the amount of money the state would provide as long as they did some things. Uh, and we, we had to go back and forth a few times saying, you know, this isn't going to work. You know, it's, you know, the governor already got yelled at by many people about this big $600 million deal with the Buffalo Bills Stadium. You right. can't just go out and say, you know, just come here. We'll give you, you know, whatever you want. But it, it was, it, it just, when you really think about it, it's incredible how many things had to happen before this really came into being. Yeah, and yeah. of course, the linchpin, like Rob said, was Chuck Schumer getting their chips bill done so that people even would think about coming back to the United States and then the state coming in with a very powerful package of their own, just making sure it happened here in New York State. Just two things come to mind real quick. One is, you know, the the old cliche, I'd rather be lucky than good. Sounds like we were both, <laughs> sounds like we were both lucky and good. And good, right. And the other thing I would just say is, 
editorial comment. I'd rather have Micron than the stadium, by the way. So I think I think we got the better <laughs> part of the deal on that. I'm Grant Reher, and my guests are New York State Assemblyman Al Sturpey and Center State CEO President Rob Simpson. And we've been discussing the future investment by Micron and a mega complex for chip manufacturing in Clay, New York. Um, Rob, I think you wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about Senator Schumer and his role, but go ahead. Yeah, I just I vividly remember uh, a day. It was it was right at the end of June of 2022, as we were getting very close to having this deal done. But one piece that wasn't done was the Federal Chips Act. And if you recall at the time, Mitch McConnell had sort of dropped a a bomb in the middle of the room and said that they were going to stop negotiations on the on the competitiveness bill uh, because they didn't like that there were ongoing discussions about uh, President Biden's Build Back Better agenda, and they sort of you know putting the two together and and linking them. Uh, and, and honestly, it had a chilling effect on, on Micron and other companies in the semiconductor industry, thinking that perhaps those huge incentives that were necessary weren't going to happen. Hmm. The company was scheduled to come to Syracuse. Um, they ultimately did come to Syracuse. We had a, a, day, uh, a day and a half of meetings. And at one point during the course of the conversation, one of the Micron uh, folks um, had sort of said in an almost exasperated way across the table, like, hey, I, I don't know if any of this matters because if CHIPS bill doesn't pass, we're making this investment in Singapore, not in the United States. Uh, and John Cardinal, uh, who was one of the lead negotiators uh, for Senator Schumer, um, I just remember just very forcefully, he put his hand on the table, um, grabbed everyone's attention, and he looked them dead in the eye, and he said, we will get chips done. And it was unequivocal. And, um, and that is indicative, you know, from my perspective, of the commitment that Senator Schumer had uh, to making this happen. He knew not only what it meant for the country, but what it meant for his state and for his constituents. And we couldn't have asked for a better partner. Was there, Rob, was there one sticking point for Micron about the Syracuse area more than any other? I mean, you mentioned the things that they said needed to be, they need to be satisfied about in terms of workforce and other things. But was there one thing that you thought, you know, trying to read the mind of the of the president there, like, this is the thing he's most, he's, he's, he's going to hardest to convince him on. I, yeah. I mean, it, listen, it was costs. Um, okay. It was costs. It was always costs with New York. It wasn't, you know, do we have a good community? Uh, you know, it's, for a while, you know, workforce and, and our ability to grow was an issue, but we got them over that. Um, New York state is a higher cost uh, location than some places. Uh, I will say um, that one of the things that uh, we discovered during the process is that um, or, and that we were able to help Micron understand is that there is no tax for manufacturers in New York State. And so, you know, that, that, that the business environment is actually okay. Uh, but our labor costs are higher and other things that, you know, on a project of this scale, $100 billion, that's basically a 20-year construction project, the cost of, of, uh, of your labor, both construction and, and operating, is, is material to the bottom line. Sure. And so we were competing against other states like Texas um, that had a lower cost structure and we needed to be competitive with them in order to be able to land this investment. There was no doubt in my mind for probably the last year of our discussions and negotiations that if we could get at or close to cost parity uh, between federal incentives, state incentives, uh, local pilot agreements, other enhancements that we could bring to the project, um, that we were going to win this deal. Um, they wanted to be here all along, but the memory business is hyper competitive, as we've learned, and it's all about driving the price of a bit down as low as they possibly can for consumers. And we needed to understand that and be a part of their solution in order to win this deal. Interesting. Assemblyman Sturpey, I wanted to ask you a different kind of question, uh, because you're 
you're thinking of the political end of it. And this has happened in the state of New York politically downstate. But did you have a concern? And you mentioned this earlier, and this is why I wanted to come back to you, but it's about the progressive concern about the, the environmental piece. But did you have any broader concerns about having some version of like the Amazon reaction um, from activists on the left or other officials in your caucus who are right. spokespeople for those activists uh, right. that would that would put them off, put Mike run off, maybe kill the deal. That was always our concern. Um, that was the concern of the speaker. And, you know, to his credit, we did something we have never done before. Um, when we were normally when we conference things like this with this size of piece of legislation, you know, we get all 106 of our um, members in a conference room and, you know, Ways and Means might give a presentation on this and then uh, people will get up and, you know, I'm for it, I'm against it, this is what I don't like, etc. The speaker told me and Blake Washington, who's the Secretary of Ways and Means, that we need to break this up into small groups. So we would take a dozen people at a time into the conference room give the presentation, answer all their questions, talk a lot about the community benefit package. That really kind of resonated because in all the other situations like Amazon, um, that's what they were upset about. You know, they're gonna come in and gentrify the area and no one will be able to live here except for these people who are coming from out of state and they're not really including our people, all that stuff. That's what was really key. And we went through everybody in a period of about two days, 45, 50 minutes, a crack and got everybody through it. We only had one no vote in the, in the assembly. And I think we had two or three maybe in the Senate, but that was the most important thing for us. Mm. Yeah, I, I wanna emphasize yeah, that um, because I think this is so important. And you know, Grant, you've touched on a couple of times the, the collaborative thread that's, that's pulled through this entire story. I mean, truly and honestly, and I've been doing this a long time, uh, I've never seen people work together across party lines, across sectors of society with a shared purpose and a shared goal. And if ever there was a time to do it, it was this deal. Um, that said, um, we passed one of the largest uh, state incentive programs in the history of the United States. And I give Governor Hochul and, and Al and, and John Mannion and others in the assembly and Senate a lot of credit. Um, and we did it with near unanimous support in one of the most progressive states in America, because we, we married um, this large scale investment in the semiconductor industry through the green ships bill with uh, critical requirements around sustainability and renewable energy and around community investment and workers. And all, you know, for a very long time, I have been preaching the message that these things, economic growth and community development are not um, they are not polar opposites. They are not. Um, uh, they are not. It, it, uh, you know, always at cross purposes. That they can be married if we take the time to be thoughtful about it, to listen to all sides, and respect all those voices. And and honestly, that's one of the things I'm the most proud of in this deal is that we we're able to to drive state policy and bring two deeply entrenched um, components of our political spectrum together and accomplish something on the order of magnitude of Micron. It's a remarkable, maybe a once in a lifetime accomplishment, but I think it actually sets a, a path for how we could do more of this, not only in New York, but hopefully even at a national level someday as well. 
somebody needs to write a book about it, I think. Uh, <laughs> I've heard you know, that a couple times. Assemblyman Sturpey, let me, we've, we've only got about uh, three minutes left or so, and I want to squeeze at least two more questions in. Uh, turn to you for this, but um, have you had any concerns or conversations, though, about the, given the magnitude of this, which Rob just underlined, that this thing is so big that it is the tail that wags the dog in the region politically from here on out. I mean, when I was introducing this question to the county executive a couple of weeks ago, I said, maybe maybe tail that wags a dog is wrong. It's dog that wags the tail. But what, you know, do you have concerns about this? All I, the only concern I have is that we, as Rob said, continue to work together on this because the actual job after landing, it's a bigger job now to get all the things done with um, housing, especially, and workforce in conjunction with uh, the climate leadership and community benefit uh, package. We've got all these goals, and now you're going to build, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 new units of housing. And, you know, are you going to use old infrastructure like gas pipelines and all that other stuff? Or are we going to do new things with geothermal, et cetera? Uh, I think, and it has to be everybody from the county, state and federal government convincing developers that this is the way to go. These are the incentives. We're going to make sure it's not going to be cost prohibitive. That's really what I think um, is an issue that we have to deal with going forward. Yeah, with a lot of work left then. And so we've really only got about a minute. Rob, I want to ask a question to you. And then very quickly at the end, I've got a lightning round question for the both of you that comes out of this question. So Rob, we, we've, we've read that Micron recently announced it was laying off some employees. Um, There's a couple stories in the paper about this. We were told not to worry. It's part of the plan. It was expected in essence. Uh, you know, in Syracuse, we've seen this movie before, obviously pun intended. Uh, so... <laughs> uh should is this okay uh are we still fine. okay yeah two things we've never seen this movie before promise <laughs> all right uh, the community the, the company's already made 30 million dollars in investments between higher education the syracuse university occ the most the ymca they're active they're present they're in town this week they'll be in town in a couple of weeks we've, we've never seen this before the second thing uh and i think this is an important uh point today today the total global data sphere, the amount of information we collect on our phones, our smartwatches is about 100 zettabytes. Um, that's a lot, it's like a billion terabytes. In eight years, that number is gonna be 600 zettabytes. So the total amount of data that we collect and we need to store on memory chips is gonna grow six times in the next eight years. That's why Micron's making this investment and that's why people in central New York should sleep soundly. Super quick, start with you, Rob, coming right off of that your percentage confidence level that this is going to pan out 100 percent. assemblyman sturpey agree agreed excellent i like the hopeful ending that was rob simpson and al sturpey rob assemblyman sturpey it's good to see both of you again and thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me thank you it's great you've been listening to the campbell conversations on wrvo public media conversations in the public interest the Campbell Conversations, Conversations in the Public Interest, is hosted and produced by Grant Reher, engineered by Tom Fazio. Assistant producer is Jacqueline Witwicky, and the program is edited by Mark Lebonier. The Campbell Conversations is a joint production of the Campbell Public Affairs Institute at Syracuse University and WRVO Public Media. 
To learn more about the program and hear previous interviews, visit wrbo.org slash Campbell Conversations.